You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Into every generation, a fae queen is born. One fae in all the world, a chosen one. She alone will wield the sword of power and skill to fight the Red Paladins, Uther's army, and the forces of darkness to stop the spread of their evil and the swell of their number. She is Nimue, the Vampire Slayer! Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No. Yeah. She she divergently runs through mazes. Is that what you're saying? Right? Sometimes she gets yeah. hungry and plays games. They talked about Twilight a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, everyone. I am Mindy, and with me, I have Harmony. Hello. Jenna. Hi. Mark. Hello, hello. And Matt. Hello. And today, we are going to be reviewing the latest in Netflix original Buffy clones, Cursed. The based on the book by Frank Miller and Tom Wheeler, who are both co-creators of the show and executive producers. And it would just start off. Would anybody like to get into the plot? I watched all of it, so I'll bite the bullet. <laughs> um, uh, it's 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 a loose retelling of the Arthurian, you know, La Morte Arthur uh, from the point of view of Nimue, who, who in the classical tale is the lady in the lake. Yes. Um, and, and, and it, of course, posits a different, uh, more, more grounded, grittier, folkloric uh, part for her to play. And we, we follow her as she gets the, uh, the sword that is not named Excalibur. But, but it's suspicious. It may not be actually. Life. I was thinking about yes. that, but whatever. Well, actually, <laughs> well, I mean, they get blended in Arthurian legend. No, I'm just thinking that it's the one ring to rule them all in sword. Right. Form, but continue. Right. It seems to be. Yeah. And uh, she has to uh, she has this priceless relic and she has to balance the political interests of uh, the the good human community, the bad human community. And the uh, community. the the fey yeah. community who are evidently mostly human, except for some of them have a few unearthly features, like horns. But some of them pass completely for human, to the point of being like pudgy fisher folk. It's very confusing. <laughs> who's who? <laughs> and well, it's a it's a very. I had a real love hate relationship with this one because like some things are good, like the production value not, yeah. for ninety percent of it is good, and then every once once every once in a while a scene would just look like a like a high school play. Oh yes, you know, 
So, I mean, you already started a little bit. How did everybody feel about this play? I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not quite positive. Um, I'm in the middle about it. You know, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things not to like about it, but uh, I'll go with the things I do like. Uh, I like Gustav Skarsgård as Merlin. Uh, mm-hmm. He, yeah, you know, uh, I had mixed feelings about Devin Terrell as Arthur, a uh, bit of a glam boy, but charming. Uh, I kind of like Arthur as his Henry V phase where he's a rogue and he's not quite sure of his destiny and all this other stuff. Catherine Langford, to me, is not bad as Nimue. Um, it does. I've, I'm a huge Arthurian nut, so I'm a little biased here. I will admit that. Uh, and I, I, I see so many treatments from the Mort to Arthur to Once and Future King to Camelot 3000 to even the horrible Steinbeck's uh, treatment of it. Um, what about Spamalot? Or, or, or the musical Camelot, right? This falls in the. Spamalot. Oh, oh, Spamalot. <laughs> Monty Python, right? Uh, it falls. It it falls in the middle. It falls in the middle. Uh, although the the young adult thing kind of drags it down a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, that being said, yeah, I, that. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. Oh yeah, it's like I I feel very similarly. I think that the actors did well with what they were given, and the key word is what they were given. Because it had a lot of storylines. It had Nimue and the Sword of Power trying to, one, you know, get it to Merlin or get it or fulfill her destiny as this fey queen. It had the storyline of Uther and his army. It had the story of the Red Paladins trying to get rid of the fey people. It had the Vikings come in, which I did not know the Red Spear is apparently supposed to be Guinevere until I looked it up on the wiki. Uh, uh, yeah, that's supposed to be Guinevere. Yeah, and, uh, I, I suspected that, actually. <laughs> yeah, it has oh. Arthur trying to come into his own, as well as Morgana and her her becoming Morgan Le Fay. And, the, and then it, and of course, everybody hates Merlin. That plot line, too. <laughs> and it's just, but the problem is, a lot of this focus is on the romantic relationship between Nimue and Arthur, and which drags out a lot of this such a tedious line. story. Yeah, and on top of that, it becomes a little bit more, even more frustrating, knowing that Nimue and Arthur are not going to get together. She is the Lady right. of the Lake. She is not Queen Nimue. Guinevere is Queen Guinevere. So we know that this relationship will not come to any kind of solid, happy, well, I mean, neither did Guinevere, conclusion. So it's like, <laughs> why spend so much time on this relationship, one that we know isn't going to last, when you have all these other branches of storyline and all these other characters that you could have given a characterization to and instead decided to focus on the young adult romance aspect of it? That was a frustrating thing for me. What I thought this was really guilty of is just wasting a great cast. Oh, Absolutely. Right? Like the the individual people, the guy playing the weeping monk was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Daniel, really Daniel Sharman, I believe his name is Peter. Yeah. Peter Mullen as the lead red paladin. Oh, right. Or, and, like, and the he's red amazing. The red paladin depiction as the robed kind of friars rather than than tin armor men. You know, 
mm-hmm. was was a was a good call. Uh, the he's um, a good villain. Peter Guinness a, as Sir Ector was even though and and uh, the guy playing Uther, even though they're not they're bad guys in the script, they they did great jobs with their roles, and uh, I even had a lot of fun with the Vikings. Um, who, who who were just a little extra for everybody else, you know? That's the thing. I wish they had spent more time on the Vikings. That was the thing, like, six episodes in or something, and the Vikings had shown up maybe twice. And I'm like, give me more Vikings. I care more about them than I care about Nimue. And it's like, that's sad when you've had all this time to establish her, and it's like something that's been in two scenes is more interesting. Well, and, and Nimue has plot powers. Like, the, the right. sword can do as much magic as the scene needs it to. Yeah. And also as little. Oh, yes. There is um, a lot of because plot in this show. Yeah. And I feel um, like a lot of it is... I had a, a real hard time just, like, you know, binging this. Like, I, I had a hard time. It was just up until about, like, episode eight or something like that. I was, like, just, just trying my well, best to get through it. And... Just, oh god <laughs> see that's <laughs> that's kind of where i was the first four were a real chore right and then up. toward the end the gears finally meshed right and we started to get some of some of the arthurian tie-in stuff was actually happening i think and then then i sat up a little yeah i think we had so many threads to to establish relationships with and so many storylines and it just took that long for it to kind of come together into something relatively enjoyable i i don't know i all i know is that i had a really hard time with it um uh, i well, think merlin's it, i forget the actor's name but uh, gustav skarsgård yep skarsgård is, is, yeah, is, 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 is he of the skarsgårds like he's related like to it. bill and he looks yes, like him yes yes and and alexander and the yeah, uh, the yes, um, that, that eric whole, northman that, that whole family I, he was entertaining to me, but other than that, like, oh, just. What do you like think their house is like? Do you think everything? Do you think everything in their family home is just like one point five sized? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're just really tall. No. <laughs> well, when I was watching this film, film. When I was watching this show, the first time I I started watching the first episode, it froze on the title card that said for "Executive Producer Frank Miller," which got mm-hmm. me to being like, wait that Frank Miller and I looked it up mm. and sure enough and then found out he was co-creator and found out he co-wrote the book and apparently the production company on this is one of them is Frank Miller Inc. So that is a lot of creative power and right. a lot of people that I know have raised their eyebrows on the fact that Frank Miller is so involved in this show and for those of you who do not know why Frank Miller is very instrumental and a very notable name in the comic book industry, his book Dark Knight Returns, yes, I'm bringing it back to Batman, was instrumental in changing the tone of the comic book industry as a whole. 300 mm-hmm. and Sin City are both his comics. And mm-hmm. uh, so he is very well known. And one of the big chief complaints against his work is its rampant use of misogyny and his love of fascism. And so in the back of my head, I'm there thinking, how is Frank Miller going to fuck this up? 
<laughs> so I was curious, as you were watching it, were there any themes in regards to its treatment of women, in regards to the rise of, you know, the proto-Nazis it, it, or Celtic Nazis or whatever you want to call them? Was there any kind of that in there that made you realize it's like, hmm, this is Frank Miller fucking things up? I think as much. I think um, I would put it this way, writing writing about antiquity is the lane I'd like him to be in. Right. <laughs> But we've seen him do 300 where it was all color palettes and macho flexing. And, you know, this was a lot more restrained and balanced. And the color palette was actually varied. um, And there was a lack of hookers. Like like you said. I'm only quiet just because you all are saying pretty much everything that I personally feel. Yeah, no, no. Girl, let me just tell you right now, I didn't finish watching this. I don't feel bad about saying it. So I kind of felt bad about doing this review anyway because I didn't. I was about to call on you, Jenna. You were being too quiet. And then like piecing it together. Um, But I did buy the book. Um, And my daughter is currently reading it. I'm currently reading it. I actually love the book. I love Frank Miller. I think his criticisms, uh, I think that's the point of his work. I think a lot of people, I mean, I don't know Frank Miller personally. I never heard him make any comments. He could be a racist person. I don't know what he is. But from Frank Miller's work, just like I love this book and this show Mm. is not even close to the justice that the book is. um, (laughs) I thought the point was with his work was pointing out all the misogynies, pointing out all of the all the just disgusting things about human nature and seeing it play out always in this dramatic Shakespearean style. So when I saw Frank Miller, I actually got excited because I'm like, great, I'm going to get this this over-the-top, just dramatic, Moulin Rouge, Broadway, <laughs> you know, dress-up of all these themes that, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm biased cause I like Frank Miller. To say, like, the best part of this was, mm-hmm. was kind of those transition pieces that look like comic book pages. Like, the transitions. Yeah. yeah. I do, too. I don't, I, too. I don't I know about they look better the, than the show. I mean, the show with the book, what irritates me, it's literally copy and paste. Really? Because like, I thought legit, they were really distracting. The, uh, script in the show are lines from the book, word for word. Um, see- so, all those varying plot lines y'all oh, talked about, all this, okay. like, chaos going on within the structure of how this series went it went literally by the book and that's actually what worked against the series most people are like it's not like the book no the series is just like the book but somehow the book is better and the series is horrible well well, having a lot of point of view characters works better in a book right yes like you don't have that license in a series you can't you just you just can't follow everybody that's Mm -hmm. um uh, I mean, I kept them straight. It's, I didn't confuse Arthur for Merlin or anything, um, but there's too many protagonists in here. We just we just don't quite know who we're, and some of them actively like don't like each other, and 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 the the relationships are kind of strange between them. And uh, then there's the whole side thing with the uh, the the the. There's no way I'm going to pronounce it Spider God, the, the Kuliak or whatever. Yeah, that was one of the things that pissed me off about it. And it was the point where I went, oh, I think this is Frank Miller fucking things up. Was in Arthurian legend, there is, it is not kind to women. And there are really only three that people, characters that people know. One is Morgana, who often gets smashed together with Morgos, who is the evil, uh, 
self-absorbed, power-hungry <laughs> bitch who destroys Camelot. You've got Guinevere, who's the skanky-ass hoe who kills Camelot. And you've yeah, got saying, Nimue, who is a yeah, non-entity Nim- whose only job is to raise up the savior yeah. man and help him fulfill his destiny. She, she has one other and, crucial um, role, too. She uh, is the downfall of Merlin. Um, yeah, she holds the she holds the sword. That's that's her job in the Arthurian legend. Then she takes it back after she's propped up the dude. And of these three in the legend, Morgana Anybody. has the most power. She has the most agency. She's one. Yes, it does not end well for her or anybody, but she is there every step of the way going, this is my plan. I'm carrying it out because I'm a badass bitch who's going to, who knows my worth. And in this series, and granted it faded away, and that was one of my complaints of, here's a story plot point, and now we're going to ignore it, was the inciting incident in her transforming into Morgan Le Fay, which took away her agency and made it a deus ex machina. And it's like, now her becoming Morgan Le Fay is no longer a choice. And that takes away a good chunk of her power, in my opinion. Well, she it just like it just happened to her. Well, she's and almost like she assumes too. an office. Yeah, it's almost like she's assuming an office yeah. and not a character. Exactly, and that's what happened with Nimue too. It's like the whole thing of the plot line is: what if the sword chose her before it chose Arthur, and she was supposed yeah. to be the queen? But the thing is, a lot of her story isn't about her she has no agency in it and she's just there that has things happen to her and Mm -hmm. that was a big complaint is that particularly the women arthur has more of a story than nimue does merlin has more of a story than nimue does and all the women have things happen to them and that pissed me off and then and then sort of in the in the in the denouement of the story, which we is find the out stupidest, that... lamest ass cliffhanger I have ever seen. I yelled "fuck you" at my screen several times. I hated that ending. Anyway, continue. Yeah, and we 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 basically find out that the whole thing going on with Nimue and the right. kids is just foregone when Morgan or, or when uh, Merlin gets mad enough to just pick the sword up. Right. It's like her the whole, whole, the whole journey. It's Merlin's sword all along. Yeah. And, and as soon as he picks it up, he just starts laying dudes out with level uh, nine chain it is, lightning. It is really cool when he picks up Soul Calibur. I mean, Excalibur. <laughs> right. I just want to quickly go back to that point made because I, 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 again, I don't understand how you copy the book, but somehow the book is still more radical than the series. I, funny enough, think that Netflix didn't do this show justice. It feels very rushed because in the book, uh, I, I was nervous because I saw a, a a black girl in the story who wielded the sword and yeah. the power and the perspectives and all the things we want is in the book. <laughs> and so I'm hearing, and that's why I was confused when I was watching Netflix. And I was like, is, am I watching the same storyline? Because Merlin, like, these folks all played a pivotal role, but it was still told through the eyes of being a woman. That was the whole point was that we are going to put this on its head by saying women wield the power. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of still blame the mechanics just of 
American like television and cinema yeah. where again we have another black character yeah. you know, quite a few in here who let, you just aid the white person to finish their hero's journey and even with that flip with Morgana it was like is she evil is she not evil what's going on it was just like it, it, it just what was the point of making this show and even, if it was supposed even to be the, about the women wielding power at all, what um, I would say, like, and you I, failed I like Epic fail, yeah. You know what I mean. Like it, it didn't yeah. feel. Well, it felt very please. much from a from a, no for, no offense, guys. So felt very much from a, like a man's point of view, like the the way it's shot. You know, even our 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 love scene later on and everything. It's 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean that that was my thought actually was was and that's, I wasn't gonna was. I wasn't yeah. gonna open yeah. the aperture on the virtue signal too wide. But my thought was we tried to do the mm-hmm. right thing, but we didn't ask a lady. Like, yep. <laughs> I, right. like they were, right. they were sincerely trying to write a, a female story, exactly. but they didn't that, that's, bother that's having well. so, yeah. a woman help, <laughs> right? You know, or letting her do it. <laughs> All righty. So let us get into final thoughts. And on that sigh, Harmony, I'm going to let you start. Okay. Um, it looks pretty. You know, I mean, costumes are kind of neat. The setting's kind of neat. It all leaves you with a sense of, uh, at the end, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I had, a, like I said, had a really hard time getting through it. Would have liked either less characters or, uh, I don't know, more focus on individual characters and not just all these for me it was it was just too much it was too much and not enough somehow so uh that being said i'm going to give it a i'm gonna give it a three out of ten like i really didn't like this three out of ten um whatever happened to squirrel (laughs) and what about you matt i'm gonna give it um five rapid tonal shifts from 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 gore to to levity uh, I, I, I will say I was at the exact point where I sighed and said, I'm just hooked enough that I want to see the cliffhanger resolved. So I, I, I hope it gets like some kind of wrap up and they don't just cancel it, but it's not, yeah. if, if I could go back in time and tell people not to start it, like, I'm, I'm not sure what I would tell them. I would, I, I think, you know, if you like this kind of trash and I do, Me too. but it was still, <laughs> I don't know. I, just not that it didn't hit me that hard, you know. Good performances, good good design, just a little too mm-hmm. jumbled. And what about you, Jenna? Um, I feel funny enough. I feel like with the book again. I enjoy the book. It isn't the best book uh, I've ever read, but it's way more enjoyable than the series. And even with the reviews of, for the book, a lot of folks who enjoy, you know, King Arthur and know all the legends and Lady of the Lake who are purists, of course, ripped it apart. Other folks enjoyed it, but it really just seemed like it had a lot of potential to really be something great. And it really was original and fresh, even if you had issues with the book. And Netflix, I don't know why y'all picked this up. I mean, you have things on your repertoire already that are Norse mythology or Vikings or, you know, Northern folks. So it's just like, we have Game of Thrones. We have, we're just oversaturated with this kind of like 
setting already. So why did y'all think y'all really could be mm. mediocre? <laughs> um, <laughs> like I just, it, it, yeah, that's a lot of guts, Netflix. Um, I think this suffers from a lot of Netflix original series. Great production. Money goes into production. But you can tell the writing was rushed. You can tell they just use Frank Miller's name because it's mm. Frank Miller. Um, but other than the name, I don't really see any type of like relevance towards his style of uh, comics or directing or Sin City. Like it's completely different. Um, and I don't see his signature really anywhere in this series. So uh, I didn't finish it. It was boring. Please don't make me watch this ever again. And um, <laughs> I give this a three out of 10 magical Negroes helping white women fulfill their hero's journey again. <laughs> Thanks, Netflix. And in this time, an actual magical Negro. That's true. That's very, what, you know what? Let me put a four what, out of 10. What, what Arthur four count? Out of 10 just because she's actually magical. Thank you. <laughs> true. <laughs> Would Arthur count in that in that <laughs> definition? Would Would Arthur count? I'm curious. No, he's not magical. I did. He's he's not magical. Okay, that's true. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Mark? <laughs> he's just kind of fuckboyish. <laughs> um. Well, you know, like I said, I'm a huge fan of fantasy and Arthurian stuff in particular. Uh, like I said, this falls in the middle. Uh, some might view this as a new and exciting, fresh take on an Arthurian legend. They take all the elements, they throw it, you know, rip it. In a, I don't think it was very pretty close to uh, Camelot at all, but uh, that that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Shakespeare gets redefined all the time. Why shouldn't Arthurian legend? Um, let's see. Uh, ultimately, it kind of comes across to me as a video game. Like I said, I compared it to Soul Calibur, <laughs> especially in the last, in, in the conclusion, I, when he has the uh, sword attached to him and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's Soul Calibur. Um that's fine. Uh, I, I'll tell you the positives really are that uh, I like the character of Nimue. Um, she does have a fate, like I said. And you're right that almost every woman in Arthurian legend is pretty negative, even Nimue, because ultimately she is the beginning of the end of the Camelot legend. She is the downfall of Merlin. She traps him in a crystal cave. Um, I kind of like the uh, Fae as basically the X-Men or mutants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. Yep. Because that's all they really are. They're 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 uh, they're, they're sworn. They're, they just don't want to protect the world that interferes and hates them. Uh, there's some great classical references in it, such as Boudica, which is basically what Nimue is ultimately. She's a Boudica figure. A great Boudica was a warrior Celtic like queen who was the last asked, great. They added as soon as he said, "It's like mm-hmm. worn by the Yinsi queen herself." I'm like, "Oh, you're adding Boudica in here. Awesome." Anyway, continue. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I, I I got a little tired of the of the elbow and the ribs. Uh huh, Percival. Uh huh, Gawain. Get it? And he's a Green Knight. Uh huh. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Uh-huh, like, thanks. Yeah. You know, uh, negatives. Um, the effects were okay, a little minimal, but they're effective for what they were. Uh, unfortunately, it is still a very young adult treatment, and there is a lot of time spent on the romance between her and Arthur, which is, it feels forced. They don't have a lot of chemistry. And honestly, I was more fascinated, you know, uh, by 
by Merlin and his and his political manipulations, yes. and because that's really who Merlin is. More than a wizard, he's a political manipulator, and they really stress that in this. And what and yeah, he's the best part of the whole thing for me. And 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 honestly, if it's a good Merlin, that that exo- that absolves a lot of things. And I'll defend Frank Miller too. I, I love Frank Miller too. Uh, I I don't like what he's become, but his uh, he is an icon of comic legend. He, there was a time when he was one of the top three writers. Uh, he's done so many things I do love. Unfortunately, yes, he's a fascist, he's a misogynist, and he's not a very good person. Uh, all right, so what I would give it is uh, six out of ten bloody red cross-carved tonsors. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I had I love Arthurian legend, too. I love legend and myth in general. And this had a lot of potential to really see another side of the myth and to really focus on the women in Arthurian legend that do get such a negative portrayal in other, in in just the basic storytelling of it. Unfortunately, even when they tried to do this, they failed. The women have almost no agency. And when the story is supposed to be about a woman coming into power having the men end up being more powerful and having more influence, that means you failed your job. Uh, I absolutely hated Sister Iris. Her role could have been completely taken out and replaced by the weeping monk, who had literally no characterization. And and that... Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that could have happened with... So yeah, many they of the were... characters is the fact that so much focus was put on this young adult romantic storyline, which I absolutely agree was completely forced. You had they were they were they were for sure two people with the same arc, and and to a lesser yes, degree, so are Pym and Morgana. Definitely, it's like you have all mm. these different threads that easily could have had a lot more focus if they had just taken focus away from the romantic subplot, but they didn't. And as a result, it dragged until the very end where they were like, "Ah, oh, fuck, we have to create a series finale, a season finale, which they created a cliffhanger in the most haphazard, lazy, infuriating way possible. Like I said, I was yelling at my TV and I posted a angry Facebook post. I was so angry. And that's the thing. The more I, <laughs> yeah, you yeah did. I did. And the more <laughs> I thought about the show, I realized there were so many instances that made me angry. Not just didn't like it, but made me angry mm-hmm. because of how the writing was lazy, how we're supposed to be all girl power, but we're really not. How it, some of the decisions, so many of the decisions are deus ex machina. How it, oh, so many things felt forced. And it's just like... Uh, yeah, they, they literally boxed out of the corner yeah, with a wizard it's, did it. And it's just like, why? Yeah. It was magic. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and, it and especially when you have essentially another Buffy clone come out within weeks of this one. Warrior Nun was pretty much the exact same thing in oh, modern yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you have two yeah, Buffy was, clones yeah, coming gosh. out within weeks of each other. <laughs> and, and it's like, Mindy. why are you... Bu- and both of them had the same problem. Yes, did. And you know what's scary? Warrior Nun is actually better than Cursed. That's how you right? know it, that that is not a good. <laughs> like I would rather. You know what? Let me just read. 
redact some statements on Warrior Nun review. <laughs> Warrior Nun, I apologize. Um, you know what? I give you a, a couple of points higher because cursed really just dr- gr- no. Mm-mm. It is cursed. This entire thing is cursed. Right. Okay, <laughs> but I'm glad you made that observation because Come we're here. getting all these retellings of you know theological and religious and mythological things, and it's just like you could do so much more with these archetypes and you can just be so much more creative that I just feel like uh, Netflix is is just doing cash grabs. You know, it's a name to it. It's doing yeah. cash grabs because they're essentially do just trying to can clone do better. Buffy exactly. in these instances. Yeah. And it's just like either do can, something can, original and do something that actually expands on this story and enhances it. Or just don't because Buffy did it first and it did it better and you're wasting a lot yeah, of money. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it looks pretty. I will give it that. It looks pretty except the scenes where it's very obviously a set and the scenes where the costumes are very obviously modern. But there were times when I thought it looked like crawl. Right. You know, I, they really were. Yeah. I, it's it's weird because the workaday stuff when they're just like traveling or hanging out they had either real locations or gorgeous sets for the key stuff when it, and it, a lot of it must have to do with green screening because whenever there was an effect like you could like the when when uh when she fights the wolves on the rock right. it's such oh. a plaster oh. rock yeah. right like like it's like your production quality dipped during when it needed to be tightest right i i totally agree great, and if, yeah. if i can and if i can give this one last kick to the ribs and then i'll, I'll be done um um a particularly cruel thing to do on a young adult show is surround your main young adult cast with uh super professional character actors <laughs> that accidentally upstage them right like the the the, the red spear the head, uh, the head of the Tusk Clan Fey, who had their their great little mini arcs in battle and stuff, they made the main cast look like why aren't these guys doing this stuff? What what do we need? What do we need? And oh, I also um, I cringed, and I I'm I'm pretty broish in my in in my on my drunk days, right? Like if I if I've had my liquor, I'll say bro unironically, and I cringed. <laughs> I cringed when uh, Gawain and Arthur had to discuss their dibs on Nimue before yes. they would fight the enemy. See, and that's oh, what I mean, God. is that you have moments like that throughout the entire thing that are supposed to be woke and ended up completely not and being just dumb and offensive at times. <laughs> they're, they're about to die. <laughs> and, and, and and he's like, so what do you think of Nimue? And she's like, he says, "Oh, she's she's just like a little sister to me, man." I'm like, Ugh. "Oh, well, then we can do this." Yeah, yeah that that oh yeah, that <laughs> did like, stick out like a sore thumb. Now that you mention it, oh, that was a terrible conversation. Yeah. So, like I said, had a whole bunch of potential. Again, just like with Warrior Nun, that it ruined and didn't use, and ultimately made me angry. And so, when something makes me angry, I give it two out of five screaming fuck you at the TV because I am literally so mad that you were so lazy in your storytelling. Go watch Buffy, (laughs) y'all. Just go watch Buffy. Uh, 